Ecclesiastes 5. And believe it or not, I think we're going to finish up the chapter tonight. Yeah, I just got up and did the sound, but normally Bill waits for us to read. We're in uh, uh, Ecclesiastes 5, guys. Um, So we we took on part of this last week. Actually, we got into verse 10, 11. Jeff said we left off at 14, but I'm backtracking a little bit. Um, Well, I'm going to backtrack a little bit, so is that okay? Okay, no, just checking. You're okay. All right, so what's interesting about this, though, if, if we take a bird's eye of this chapter, you have this idea of coming into worship. It's really about corporate worship, at least the very uh, uh, first six, seven verses. And then it brings in the idea of oppression of the poor and justice. And, uh, and then it immediately jumps into how we steward our money. I was wondering if you see any correlations between those three. It's a hard question, isn't it? I didn't think of it until we got about where, when uh, Bonnie was reading. So but I thought, wow, this is really fascinating uh, that, that this is inspired and this is lumped all together. Worship, giving vows, and that's part of the worship, was the giving of the vows, and then the oppression, and really, not only the oppression of the poor, but also the, the and uh, without getting political, how's that, um, the structure of the government that Solomon observed, so nothing is new under the sun, is it, guys? Okay. Um, and then this idea of being stewards over our money, over our finances, talking about labor. And then really it, it caps off um, in verse 19, as, as in every man to whom God has given riches and wealth, which he's really repeating himself, what he said at the end of chapter 2, if you remember, um, to enjoy the good of his labor and all in all in which he toils under the sun all the days of his life, um, which God gives him for it is his heritage. So any thoughts on that? Why are these together? Do they belong together? Or is he just is he just is he just writing what comes to his mind? It could. It could. I, I didn't want to go there. I hate talking about money, but you're right. It, it could. Um, and and the, the idea of being a steward in that regard. Any, anybody else? Which is what... In, not giving is a form of oppression. I think I think that's true. I think. Okay, let's back up a second. But that's an important question. All right, giving to whom? Or giving to what? Giving to the Lord. 
right, in, in giving to the Lord. But he also says that if you give to the poor, it's like you're loaning to the Lord. So it, this idea of giving can be not just giving to the church. Um, and Tim, cousin Tim, excuse me. <laughs> there you go. What was that question again? Oh, no. <laughs> are you oppressing? Are you oppressing? Thank you. Uh, are you oppressing yourself? Okay, so let's cycle that back, that question, all the way back into, I wasn't really planning on doing this, but that, I, to me this fascinates me. So let's cycle that back all the way to verse 1 of chapter 5. Walk prudently when you go to the house of, the God, of God. Prudently, wisely, circumspectly. In other words, another way to say this, and I'll say this nicely, uh, you don't live like the theological place of eternal punishment, Right? Monday through Saturday. And then come into the house of God and expect everything to be okay. Especially if you, ha- if you don't have a... Now, we all have bad weeks. Do we, do we not? We all have bad weeks. All right? So please don't think I'm saying if you're not... If you haven't had a good week, don't come to church. That's not what I'm getting at at all. All right? You guys know that. We all have bad weeks, but, but do we come in when we have a bad week? For goodness sake, I mean, we have bad Sunday mornings at times. And it's just like, a, here it goes again, you know? But um, do you come in with a heart of humility towards God? And if you're giving... does that give you a place of humility or does that give you a place of pride? Remember Jesus? He's standing, hanging out in front of the temple and you've got those urns that are out there and all the rich people are coming by and they're throwing coins in there and they make this nice ringing tone or whatever the case may be. I I talked about this a couple weeks ago. It might have even been last week. And so everybody knows that this guy who walked through on his way to the temple gave a lot of money. Um, and then comes a widow. And she puts in what? Two mites, which isn't really even worth a penny. But she puts in, two, I don't know how that works, but anyway. Uh, not even really worth a penny, but she puts in two mites. And, and Jesus says that that woman gave more than anybody, everybody else combined. Psalms even talks about how we're not to, in Proverbs, uh, of not denying the poor and and to to make sure we care for the poor. Now, that's very hard to do because sometimes we want to get judgmental. Judgmental. It's easy to do. But one of the things in some of these passages that, I've, that I've, I'm referring to, and Proverbs has a few of them, when it talks about caring for the poor, it doesn't give you a list of what, you, what they should do in order to qualify for that help. I had a guy one time. I 
give me a list of, he was well-meaning, okay, but he, he doesn't cohere anymore, and you guys, it's been years, and you wouldn't know him anyway, um, but he gave me a list of this form that I should have poor people fill out if we're going to give them money. And in some respects, it might be a good idea. But I've, I've had times where the Spirit has just said to me, shut up, Mike, just give them the money. And there was, I've told you guys this before, but there was a, a person here that somebody was complaining about, and, and this person struggled financially really bad, and they smoked. All right. And the comment was made, well, if they wouldn't smoke, well, some of you used to smoke. I used to smoke. First of all, it's an incredibly hard habit to break. I was so mad about that, I almost drove to Costco and bought that woman. I was going to buy her a carton of cigarettes. I was so mad about it because it was like, come on. Um, and, and so I, I think the idea, stay there, uh, iPad. Anyway, I think the idea is stewardship over that which God has given us really extends as we enter into the house of God, really extends as we leave the house of God. And, and you know, verses 8 and 9, uh, to me, they're, they're really, they're, they're hard to translate um, even 10 is hard to translate out of the Hebrew into the English. But it's, it, it talks about oppression, but it talks about, yes, these things are the way that they are and they always will be. And that's a kind of a, a generalized over, oversight of this. And this is the king who's writing this, by the way. But may I remind you, this is inspired scripture, whether some of you guys like it or not. And... It, it's, it's living in this place where, where you almost have to throw away your dual, any kind of dualistic thinking. You know what I mean by dualistic thinking? It's either right or it's wrong, right? You know, and, and, I, and I've talked to people that they evaluate candidates that way. Um, of course, I don't think anybody's qualified to run anymore, but, but except for Don. Um, Don got two votes from our household. Um, but, but nonetheless, I think verses 8 and 9, and I didn't really touch on this last week, but I think part of what it's saying to us is that we are called to live by playing the hand that's been dealt us. Do you know what I mean by that? Anybody? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Anybody here play poker? <laughs> okay, don't raise your hand, right? But, you know, and I haven't played a whole lot of poker, but especially when, when you're, you're sitting on like two deuces, right? Two, two twos, all right? So you, you don't have a hand. And, but if you're good at bluffing, you could win the pot. Now, I'm not trying to endorse card playing that, you know, or gambling or whatever, but it's, it's I think the, the idea is that, that, that 
very often in life, we do not get the hand dealt to us that we either want or think we deserve. Or, like, when, when I, we play, what, what is that game that we play with cards, just you and I sometimes? Rummy, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, so I don't remember how it goes. But anyway, we, well, I'm focused, okay? <laughs> Real narrow right now, okay? Anyway, but, uh, so when I deal... Um, I'm usually dropping cards or I'm throwing them off the table or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a horrible dealer, you know? And so it's, it's, she never gets the hand dealt to her that she wants. Um, and she deals really good. <laughs> and I usually get the hand dealt to me that I want, but, but often in life, we don't get the hand dealt to us that we really want or that we feel like we deserve. That makes it even worse. But when we start thinking that we don't get the hand that we feel like we deserve, what is that really? It's pride. Pity. Pity. It's entitlement. You know, and I tell you, it, 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 I've even tried, but God has never really taken a consult from me about what he should do in my life. I try to tell him. Uh, and, and so it's this idea of, of living w- within the parameters of the life that we have, within the culture that we have, within the environment that we have, within the political structure that we have. And now, of course, we live in a democracy, so if you don't like what's going on, vote. Or vote for Don McClellan. He'll, he'll fix anyway. Or run for office yourself. Um, The early church didn't have any choice in the Roman Empire. They didn't have any choice. They had to deal with emperors that were a whole lot worse than anything that we've seen move into the White House. Well, with the except, never mind. Um, But they worked within that system. A system that at times was bent on putting them to death if they were Christians. But they worked within that. So that's kind of an introduction. Uh, so ver- we, we have a couple of different things where this is, this is talking about our, our stewardship. We, we covered some of them. Last week, I'm going to back up to them again just to kind of get the rolling start. Um, Because you have in verse 10, it says, He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance will increase. This is also vanity. Uh, And and what that's undergirding for us is uh, wealth is can be, can be. Now, remember, he's making observations. This is wisdom literature. He's making observations. Do these things apply to every person in every circumstance at every time? No. Are they general? And so you got to at least give them some weight? Yes. And they are also, again, for the second time, inspired scripture. So it, 
it, it tells us that wealth can be both addictive and wealth can both also be unsatisfactory. It can be addictive, it can be unsatisfactory. And, and where it says, nor he who loves abundance with increase, that could also be translated. Again, this is a tough verse to translate from Hebrew to English. It could be translated, and as for him who loves wealth, it did not come, which is a slight tilt of, of, of what that would be saying compared to the New King James that I read. I don't know. You had an NIV. What is that? Just that little, little verse, that little sentence out of that verse. Yeah. Whoever loves money never has enough. Or whoever loves wealth, it does not come. Anybody have anything vastly different than that? will not be satisfied. Okay. That's the new American standard. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's, that's one of the things that, that, that we have to remember because I, I think we live in a culture that says if you make enough money and you drive the right car and, you know, all this other stuff uh, that you're going to be happy. You know, that's, that's, that's part of the problem of watching. I'm going to pick on TV just for fun because uh, I like to. But anyway, that's part of the problem of watching television is those stupid commercials that tell you that you need this. The, and the, and the, 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 the worst thing to my okay, I, I, maybe I should just shut up. <laughs> uh, all right, I, let, I, I told you the story last week about 4th of July. So anyway, um, Sometimes I think the worst thing to watch on TV is the Super Bowl. Because they got you. Those, I'm talking about the commercials. And, and they're good. And, but, boy, they, it, the, the, the shepherd's crook is out. You know what I mean by the shepherd's crook? You know, the stick with the, long, the hook on it just to pull you back in, man. They want to they wanna get you to, uh, to buy their product because you need it. Because you deserve it. And you sit there in your subconscious going, you know what, you're right. I do deserve it. Self-oppression, Cousin Tim. Yeah. Self-oppression. That's where it kind of... We short-circuit ourselves. And I think often it is that the, the enemy of the best is the good. The enemy of the best is the good. We'll settle for the good instead of going for the best. You know, and, and I think that's a temptation with all of us. So, and it says, when goods increase, they increase who eat them. So what profit have the owners except to see them with their, uh, with their eyes? Now, I, we did talk about this last week, and I told you about the saying, what friend would you eat a friend? Right? Remember. Anyway, so I'll, I'll just kind of let the move, move on from this one. Uh, but but it, this really kind of undergirds this idea that, that when you have a lot of money, you just have a lot of, you end up with more problems, different problems, right? Um, I have a couple of friends that, acquaintances, that pastor some really large churches. 
And in, in my work as a spiritual director, I, I work with, at times with guys who are staff pastors at very large churches, um, bigger than this town. Um, I wouldn't want their life for anything. You know, and, and it's, it, one guy in particular is like, I think, my goodness, by the time you turn 55, you're going to drop dead of a heart attack by the way they're working you. Because it, it, there's always this, this momentum, this drive. You know, you've got you gotta, you gotta to keep, keep filling. You've got to keep filling the seats. You've got to keep filling the building. And it, it's, it, it, it's like it's never enough. So you've got to open up another campus. Okay, so I guess you know what I feel about multi-sites. But anyway, um, and I have friends that work at multi-site churches. So, but it, it's, it's like, when is enough enough? Because when you get more, you change your environment to such a degree that you just experience different problems. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the case. I, I think if you think about that in your own life, um, I think that's true. I, our life is, was very different when we were newly married and and we had one baby, uh, and then later on we were not so newly married, and we had a mortgage with two teenagers. Uh, you know things. You know you, you kind of just expand these your 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 environment changes, and your problems actually grow. Of course, this, the worst thing about having kids is watching their in in their twenties and thirties as they're struggling. You know their problems get bigger. You know. Um, so in verse 12, it says, the, the, the sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eats little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not permit him to sleep. You know, I, I feel for some people who are self-employed um, because I think sometimes it's hard to leave it at the job office, whatever the case may be. I think it's hard to leave it at the job. Um, and, and you go home and you're thinking about your next day. And, you know, with, with, if you're a business owner, that's a lot of responsibility, especially if you have employees. Um, and there's a lot to consider. And so um, no doubt that you got someone who, who just does their, does their eight hours they work hard whether they eat a lot or they eat little or whatever the case may be. And that refers to how much, I think that's an, uh, uh, um, it's a reference to how much they earn. Whether they're able to feed themselves well or not feed themselves well. Um, after a hard day's work, they're going to sleep, right? Um, like last, it was last week, Harv and I went out and after a, a hard hour's work, I went home. Took <laughs> yeah. It was more than that, wasn't it? It was two and a half, man. At least maybe three. Anyway, no? Uh, yeah, uh, what? It's, yeah, I have a story for that, but I can't tell it here. But anyway, two or three, make it six or eight. Anyway. Um, I, I, well, yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> Trust me on this one. Okay. Um, So, 
when goods increase, they increase who eat them. And so what profit have the owners except to see them with their own eyes? You know, and, and people who like to look at their bank account. Or as I, I think I shared this last week, the guy who had a construction company and he named the construction company after himself. Which there's nothing wrong with that. But then he, he had the name of his construction company nice and big on the side of one of his vans or trailers. And he'd go out every day and look at the thing. You know, because it was my name, construction company, you know. Um, so what, right? That and 250 gets you a cup of coffee at Sister's Coffee, right? In other words, what does it really mean? Um, and then it says, there is a severe evil which I have seen under the sun. Riches kept for their owners to his own hurt. See, that's what you were pressing into. Who do you oppress, Right? Uh, cousin Tim, when you were talking about that. So riches kept for their owner to his own hurt. What in the world does that mean? So we, we, we've touched on greed and neglect of family. Let me throw you another one just for fun. What have you been put on earth here to do? Serve God which is a huge umbrella term for the specifics, right? Which may or may not apply in your life, right? So we've been put here to serve God. Now part of stewardship is learning and then doing what works. I think anyway. And sometimes it is trial and error. Sometimes we do get the benefit of watching somebody else erring, and therefore we realize, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something else, right? And, you know, that that can be helpful for us. Um, And notice, though, too, it says in 13, he refers to this as a severe evil, where someone reaches or kept for uh, their owner to his hurt. And it says, but those riches who perish through misfortune. Now, that word misfortune, verse 14, could also really refer to a bad business investment, right? I've told you about the one business investment we had an opportunity for and we passed um, because the, the, the guy who I was a partner with years ago, um, and he bailed on me, um, came to me many, many years later and wanted Mary and I to make a sizable investment in his new business venture and to be a silent partner. And Exactly. <laughs> I saw that look. And it was like, mm, we're not doing this. Uh, not doing it now. We're not doing it later. And he ended up folding that. He basically went bankrupt. So we would have lost a lot of money. And so we kept our money and our friendship. You know? So... Um, So it, it, it says, um, but it says those who perish through misfortune or bad business adventures, uh, when he begets a son, there is nothing in his hand. Which is interesting about that because I, I've talked to different people and, um, and in fact, I even got a, I, I've told you guys about this, I got a letter, or, I think it was an email from somebody who, he was a pastor for years and years somewhere in the Midwest and 
he decided they're going to spend every dime they have, right? So they're going to tour the United States. Remember that? And he wanted to come speak. He wanted to come speak to you guys. Hi, I, I'm, I'm telling my, my kids to take a hike, and I'm going to spend every dime I have, right? But I don't see that here. You know, when it, 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 you know it, it's almost the expectation. Um, and, you know, we, we, you know, we've talked about what we're going to leave our kids, but, you know, what that will work out. Maybe we'll give it all to our dog. No, I, I, I doubt it. But anyway, um, but that was the expectation because particularly the firstborn got what? You guys remember? Old Testament, Torah, double portion. Got a double portion of what everybody else got because they were also then to be the head of the family and to care for the family. And so... Um, Interesting, though, that he sees this as a severe evil. And, you know, I've known, I've known a lot of people who've made bad business investments. I don't think that severe evil is talking about that as much as it's talking about uh, the rich person who keeps their riches to their own hurt. I think that's what the context is uh, in, this, in this passage. And then it says, as he came from his mother's womb naked, shall he return to go as he came? And he shall take nothing from his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. So, a verse just came to me. I got, let me look at it. It's in Daniel. I think it's 12. There it is. This doesn't look like the verse I'm looking for. Um, Oh, thank God. Wait. In verse 3 of Daniel 12, it says, Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. I thought that was an interesting verse in the context of what we're reading here in, in Ecclesiastes 5 where, where it says he will take nothing with him. So you actually do take something with you, but again, the context here of Ecclesiastes 5 is the material things you don't take with you, do you? When, when I pass, I'm not bringing my, tooth, my toothbrush with me, right? Um, or anything else. Unless I, maybe I can get buried in my guitar case. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not. Okay. What? Uh, it'd be a lot of folding or, you know, yeah, just pour me in the sound hole, you know. <laughs> yeah. Of my favorite guitar. Um, so, but what you do take with you well, think about this a second. I'm curious your thoughts on this. Okay, we're Christians, right? So when you pass, and you pass from this life into the next, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, right? So we go into the presence of God. We are alive. We are conscious. So don't you take your 
Bless you, you've done that. Don't you take your legacy with you? It can be. Right? Right. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. And, and if, if we are going to be judgment seat of Christ, right, if we are going to be given rewards based on how we serve the Lord, isn't that an expression of your legacy on earth? That which you did on earth? So we really do carry, you know, wood, hay, stubble. That's, old, that's King James, right? Stubble or, grass, or straw. I like stubble better. Wood, hay, and stubble, um, which is all going to burn, but not what? Precious stones. Gold, silver, precious stones. What is the gold, silver, and precious stones of your life? What is the wood, hay, and stubble of your life? We all have some. I think those are things that, that we, need, we, we need to think about because, I, again, let's go back to what Harvey was saying, this idea of stewardship and how that is to be incorporated not only in our day-to-day life but in our worship life and in our, in our, our, our way of how we, um, we live because, again, going back to what Paul told them on Mars Hill, I want to say Acts 16, but for some reason that doesn't ring a bell. Um, in him we live and we move and we have our being. So really, if you think about that, your life of worship... Monday through Saturday is really just an extension of our time together on Sunday mornings. It really is. I think so, and I'm going out on a limb here a little bit. I think it has to do with, again, I'll go back to Daniel 12 that I just read, but but I, I think it, it has to do with the, 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 the type of work we did for others. And, and, and uh, as often as you did to the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto whom? Unto Jesus. It's Matthew 25. So I think those are the things that count. Now, it, it's... Again, I, I, I don't want to talk too bad about making a lot of money. Because um, one, one of the richest men that I've ever met, and he was a multimillionaire, he still is, actually, um, was actually one of the most generous men that I've ever met. Um, really an incredible guy. Um, and he was... He was our pastor for a while, 
and uh, you've never known he had the money he had, and he was, you know, his family had money. But but he but he was incredibly free. That was one of the things I always noticed about him. He was incredibly free, and he didn't see. It's almost as if um, he'd probably be embarrassed if he heard me talking about him like this. But it was almost as if he didn't really see anything in life as a as a limitation. But it was just something that he worked with. That goes back to stewardship again, right? Um, anyway, um, 16, and we'll finish up. Well, I'm going to finish up the chapter. And, and this also was a severe evil. Just exactly as he came, so shall he go. And what profit has he who has labored for the wind? That's a tough question. That really, you know, when you think about that, it's it's it's. Exactly as he came, so shall he go. Now, how is that a severe evil? There's a lot of different ways to interpret that question, by the way. And so it's a definite, your mileage may vary. Yeah, someone who's holding on to it. That's the context. You're right. Uh, that's the context of this passage, or at least the, these few verses. And so, yeah, he says, all his days he eats in darkness, and he has much sorrow and sickness and anger. And so it, it's someone who is, I mean, and I, I, where do I, I don't know if I want to go here. It happens. Um, but I, I, I've talked to people that, that, for goodness sake, they are so tight, they squeak. You know? Uh, it's, 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 you know, it, it's like they're, they're, they're worried about spending an extra dollar here and there. And it, you, at times, I, I, I just wonder, what is, it, what, what is it like to be you, you know? Uh, and to... to to live in your inner world, and and are, you know what what's really going on here? What do you not trust God? Are you, are you just that angry with the world that you you can't be free to give things away to people if they need them? Um. Anyway, um. So notice much sorrow, sickness. And anger. That's both depression and anxiety. They're both in there. They're both in there. And the thing is, when you really start to worry about things, you become anxious. And then after you continue to be anxious anxious for a while, most people, not everybody, but most people end up what? Depressed. And so, sometimes... And I'm not an MD, I'm a D, D-min, there's a difference. But sometimes, the way to let go of anxiety and depression is to let go of some of these things and to not grab 
feel like we have to grab so tight of a control over certain things in our lives. Verse 18, and we'll be done. Well, we'll do 18, 19, 20. Just, just, can I have a few minutes, Tim? Okay. <laughs> All right. How generous are you? Anyway, here's what I've seen. Now, he's, he's repeating what he says here at the end of chapter 2. Here's what I've seen. It is good and fitting for one to eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor in which he toils under the sun all the days of his life, which God gives him, for it is his heritage. Uh, last word in verse 18 uh, could also be portion. Anybody else have something? Reward. NIV says, last word. Lot, okay. In other words, that which you are allotted, that which you are given. This goes back to Joshua. Uh, the book of Joshua, where, where everything was distributed uh, to the children of Israel, and they were given a lot uh, of which they were able to farm and, and earn their living. As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat of it, to receive his heritage or lot or portion uh, or reward or heritage, right, and rejoice in his labor, this is a gift of God. For he will not dwell unduly the, uh, on the days of his life because God has kept him busy with the joy of his heart. Boy, th- verse 20 is really something to think about. I might even go back to that in two weeks a little bit. But God, because we're out of time, but, but God has kept him busy with the joy of his heart. Hmm. Does God keep you busy with the joy of your heart? Do you even know what the joy of your heart is? Do you allow God to keep you busy with the joy of your heart? Sorry. Interesting questions. I'll just leave that with you guys. And thanks for the extra minute, Tim.